recording. Well, I hit record and you start coughing. <coughs> You're right there, Mr. Professional. Getting there. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Fireside, a weekly podcast in which I chat with Dan about what we've been playing and doing this week. Welcome back, everyone. Feels like it's been a long time. Because it has been. Well, that's most likely because, yeah, we recorded the last ones back to back. But um, And we missed a week. Oh, yeah, we did miss a week too. Wow, so it's actually been three weeks. Yeah. Professional. And for that, Dan apologises. Yeah, I do apologise for not reminding <laughs> Dave that he hadn't done his podcast. <laughs> I'm Dave Haldane, and as you've probably surmised, I'm joined again this week by Dan. Greetings. Now, before we start, I want to introduce a new segment... It is called Dave's Quest for Sponsorship, and it's going to play out like this. So each week, Dan and I get together, play games, drink beer, record this podcast. Um, it's all done gratis because we're such nice guys. That said, it's not really a sustainable model. That's the new segment. So what we will do is each week we're going to drink a particular beer. We'll consume, enjoy, probably, and provide a de- detailed, in-depth analysis of five words or less of said beer. <laughs> if the brewer or brewery is listening, and this is the important part, if they're listening, then I welcome, nay encourage them to send me more beer, which upon receipt shall be consumed and praised on the next fireside. Failure to provide free beer will, of course, result in moving on to a new potential sponsor next week. And we'll repeat this process until a sponsor is found and we have free beers. Well, you're, 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 like a, you already get free beers, yeah. so but it I'll get like free really, beers. But it seems like a really sound business model. Yeah. Yeah. I would totally run a business like Except that. Except that I normally buy slabs, which cost about 40, 45 <laughs> bucks, and each of these six packs costs 20 bucks. Who the hell buys six packs? I know. I, I just, Jeez. Yeah. Crazy. Anyway. Once it's free, I mean, who cares how much it is? Yeah. <laughs> is it shallow and opportunistic, perhaps? <laughs> Seriously. The election's over. You don't need to call me anymore. Uh, sorry about that. That Keep... was an awesome ringtone, I've got to say. <laughs> that, that's uh, the uh, the lobby music from uh, Crypt of the Necrodancer. <laughs> it's a great game. Of course it is. <laughs> yeah, what else? <laughs> oh yeah, what else? It could be from one of your own games, Dave. Mm. Oh well. It's funny because <laughs> I did go looking for that um, that credits music still alive from Portal. Ah, nice. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, um, that's such a, a good, good copy. Song. I'm happy with it, but... Well, if you listen to the Survivor podcast, I actually sing it in the GLaDOS voice with all the <laughs> wobbly bits um, and change it to be, oh, that's right, because in that podcast episode, whatever it was, we're all pretty hammered and it was a terrible podcast. So so getting sloshed and, sorry, drinking and recording podcast episodes is an habitual thing for you. It's not just... No, something. no, no, I never so used to drink. for that. No, 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 I only drink on Fireside. Well, actually, you know what? You, <laughs> you know what? I said that. I was saying this to you just the other day, right? I said I didn't drink as much until I met you, right? And then I was looking at the videos, and there's the XCOM one from like two years ago before you moved over the road, yeah. and the Fragged Empire one. Although the Fragged Empire one I had scotch in a coffee cup, so no one knew what I was drinking. <laughs> but on the other one, I'm just churning through the beers while playing XCOM. Everyone else is drinking tea and eating, you know, uh, cheese and fruit. And- <laughs> 
Well, folks, you heard it here first. I'm not to blame for Dave's drinking problem. Yeah. Anyway, back to our uh, hostage situation beer thing. So this week... We are <clears throat> drinking Muldura's Asta Ale. If you would do the honours. Absolutely. Um, this is an honour because my wife is currently away on um, visiting relatives in Muldura. So I actually went to the Muldura brewery with her oh, sometime. There, um, have you ever been to those pubs where they do like a, a sampler pack? Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Um, so they do a sampler pack of their beer. So you go in and you pay, I think it was $16, and you get like a, a small half-sized glass of all six of yep. their beers, and you can try them all out. Mm. So, you know, three of them, and you've got a normal drink. Mm. Mm. That's very nice. But we'll all get right. to the so, five words all this bit in a minute. Well, no, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do their words first, so, okay. we can, so that you know what this beer has to live up to. And then we will have spent the first 10 minutes of the podcast about gaming talking about beer. Excellent. So they damn well better sponsor us, Muldura Brewery. You better be listening. In 1937, the people of Muldura got their kicks going to the flicks at the Astor Theatre. It's a long way to go to Melbourne. Back then, the ticket to the beautiful Art Deco building was just one shilling. So an old man wrote this. If, <laughs> if only... Sorry, I'm reading this off their website. So. It's, on the, it's uh, on the bottle. Oh. If only... Do you want to read it in sync? No. If only they had this beer to accompany them into the theatre. Today, the building is home to the Mildura Brewery. We created this beer in honour of its history, its future, blah, blah, blah. Um, all right. It exhibits all the finest points of a classic New World pale mm. ale. Clean, biscuity, malt characters overlaid with exotic fruit flavours and aromas desi- derived from Australian-grown galaxy hops. What the hell is a galaxy crop? Galaxy hop. Hop. Must be a t- particular brand or, or species or strain of hops, I guess, mm. I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah. They're, mm. <laughs> they're going to go, well, there I, goes, I your, never really there goes <laughs> your sponsorship day. <laughs> yeah, should have done your research. Anyway, enough <coughs> about beer. Let's get talking about games. What, do you, about what, games. Have you been, what have you been up to? Mm. What have I been up to? Um, I asked you that. I So I don't think we've discussed it, but I did find... I, finally, I finished Portal 2 now, so... I don't think we discussed two. No, Actually, no. We discussed I think the that I started. Time... I'd finish Portal One, and yeah. then I'd start a Portal Two. So I finished Portal Two. All right, verdict. <clears throat> I loved it. Yeah, and struggling to pick a favourite, but I think on balance, probably two. I, yeah. I um I enjoyed the added challenges with the gels and things like that. Um, the humour of um, what's his name was it Cave Johnson? Cave Johnson. He is brilliant. Um, and even Steve Cave Merchant, Johnson and Glados and Steve Merchant all working together. Just fantastic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, and you got a lot more of the portal backstory, mm. a lot more of the the lore behind it, um, which I thoroughly enjoyed. I got a real kick out of that. Yeah, um, yeah. So I love them both, though. Yeah, I totally love them both. But I think I I enjoyed uh, the challenges presented by the second one more. They yeah, seemed well, a lot I guess more they were a bit more. Yeah, I think they were a lot more challenging. But I guess because they were more open worldy. Yeah, I found some of the yeah. solutions. I don't know. I like the neatness of number one. And I played them both back yeah, to back just recently. Yeah. Well, at the same time you were playing, I was playing because I wanted to remind myself of it. So when you decide to play multiplayer, yep. and then Portal 2 will be your favourite. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a whole extra game, right? Yeah. yeah like well, a I whole, haven't, obviously whole, I haven't ever looked at it yet, so we've got to get that Well, started. it uses yeah. all the elements of Portal um, 2, yep. but it's done as, as test it, chambers a la Portal 1. Yeah. There's no story about escaping and stuff. And that's it. You have to work 
cooperatively. Yep. There's no one person can carry the other. Yeah. And I think I've forgotten it enough. Maybe you should play it with Paul. I I just remember the first time I played it, it was both our first time running through. Mm. And for solving a puzzle, it was uh, it was with MJ Cowley from the, the forums. Yep. And it was just so enjoyable. Like, we had the same level of understanding yeah. of the puzzles and it we just worked yeah, that well sense together. Of discovering together yeah yeah but i don't know whether it was game balance or we were just balanced yeah it just it felt really amazing i was like wow i've never you got to hand it know. to him look i you know I, I haven't bothered researching the history behind whether a three is or isn't coming and all that sort of thing because i believe there's there's a whole there's a whole bad feeling out there about half-life three and oh, yeah. um so well they had um the latest conspiracy theory, if you like, or theory on it is, mm. what was it? Um, oh, what's the name of the H- HTC VR headset? Oh, yeah, honestly, I don't know. I haven't looked at HTCs. I think it was theirs. I don't think it was. Like, anyway, one of the VR headsets, their yep. big promo at E3, <clears throat> it's showing all the New World stuff and all the games that are going to be coming out. And there's a shot of a girl with a hair in a ponytail yeah. with the white thing and the orange overalls <laughs> tied around her waist. And yeah. everyone's going, oh. Portal 3 could be a VR game, so... That could work. Could. I mean, certainly sit in front of my big LCD screen, you know... Well, it doesn't matter if it's VR. (coughs) But, (laughs) you know, doing those massive jumps, the big portal jumps and Mm. the big um, gel jumps and things like that, you got a little bit of sort of inertia feeling to it when when you're doing (laughs) it. Um, Yeah, pretty cool. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, It's funny you mentioned E3 because it all started because... I kicked off the download of Portal. I got it for free or cheap. I think it was a few bucks, 14 bucks or whatever in the Microsoft store. And then sat down to watch E3 one night with a couple of beers, saw Portal had downloaded, started it, and never got back to E3. (laughs) Never started the E3. I still haven't watched the fucking E3 videos (laughs) because then I got Portal 2 for 30 bucks. I thought, oh, I have to keep playing. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I gave it to you for free too. Yeah, for Steam, yeah. We'll do do co-op on Steam then. Yeah, definitely. Because I don't have... I don't have... Oh, I don't think I have Portal 2 on... No, I've got Portal 2 on PS3 yep. and PC because it was... You buy one, oh, you we'll got it on, it on both. No biggie. Yeah. No biggie. Um, but yeah, actually, following on from that, one of the games I suggested... Well, there were two I suggested to you that I thought, if you like puzzle games, mm. um, another two favourite of mine, the they don't have principle. the humour. Yeah. yeah, the Talos Principle is one I've been playing again recently and um, the Swapper. Yep. which I didn't play again recently because I played it, I think, three times now. I reviewed it on PC and then I got a review copy on PS4 and then <laughs> I think I reviewed it on Vita as well. <laughs> so I went looking at those after you emailed them to me and then came across the Steam Summer Picnic sale and got sidetracked buying a shitload of other games that I didn't <laughs> intend to go buy. Um, it's just too hard to pass up $3 games yeah. in Steam. It's just Wasn't the swapper on sale? I could have sworn well, the thing is, I didn't the... get that far. I just got waylaid by the games. Of ah, okay. No, I think it was on sale on um, Xbox because I was trying to keep in mind. I know you prefer oh, right. your games on Xbox, yeah. so I was trying to. You know, I know Talos Principle isn't on yeah. console yet, which is a shame. It's a real shame, actually, because that it seems I'd ideal. love for more people to play that. It seems yeah. ideal. Yeah, maybe, maybe some of the mechanics in it, like um, <laughs> so. For those who play Portal, it's got the same basic things. You're trying to get past barriers and you've got objects that you can use to manipulate it blah 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 one of the mechanics of that is you can record yourself 
So you hit record and you start performing an action. You might pick up a cube and then go and stand over here. And then a couple of seconds later, you go stand on that switch over there. And then you stop recording and you press play and this ghost image of yourself goes and stands in that corner. So you run and jump on top of the box that he picked up and then jump up so that you can stand on the other switch while he's down there. And, and so then you can record multiple versions of yourself. To It's it's amazing. That's incredibly cool. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's well utilized. Like yeah. some of the puzzles just... As long so as, there's two as parts long as of the game. As long as they don't make you rely on that mechanic too much where you find yourself literally going through a puzzle you know, close to half a dozen times so you could get, oh, okay, here's all of the step, all the phase one steps for the puzzle. Oh, shit, now I've got it all the, you know, the second part of the puzzle. Mm. But each time you've got to replay the first so you can get the timings right for those recordings is what I'm I never found. I never found that it was like that. It's a, it's a very well, um, it's a very well presented game. So yeah. you've got clear boundaries, but instead of having walls, like say in Portal 1, because it's one big open area divided into smaller chunks, yep. like test chamber rooms, you'll have barriers that are like a, a tall, um, what's, it, what's it called, like a gate? You know, you've got the poles with the spikes on the top. Like a portcullis or something? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You'll have a gate like that so that you can actually see yep. the bits you need for the puzzle and blah, blah, blah. And each time you get past a bit... It's it doesn't save, but say say you get past that first puzzle I was just talking about before. Yep. Once you're through there, you can throw a switch which leaves that gate open. Oh, okay. So when you attack the next part of the puzzle, you're not going right. Well, now I've got to redo all that previous yeah, so part of the puzzle. They <clears throat> they negate that really well. Well, that's good because and, and so did Portal by the way because mm. they gave you all those little save checkpoints along the way through the puzzle, um, even in the chambers. So you yeah. didn't feel like you had to keep. Oh shit! I fell off the thing again, and you got to go back to the start. I bloody did that. It was this one puzzle and it got me stuck. I was really annoyed because I'm like, I've played this before. I should remember this puzzle. I've got to say, though, what was cool about going through Portal 2 was um, having so freshly played Portal, Mm. the first Portal, of course, everything was still fresh in my mind about the mechanics of Portals and things like that. So that was great. So the only new thing I had to learn was using those gels, um, which was pretty easy once you understood what each one did. Fantastic. Oh, and those um, the white the white uh, stuff that the white you stuff portal would, walls, would lets yeah. you put a portal anywhere. But there was also those um, like tractor beams that could be oh yeah that's right that you fell well. into and you yeah and you could hit a switch that would reverse them so they'd be repelling beams. But then you can like drop that. the gel into yeah the, exactly and, yeah, yeah all really that clever. sort of stuff. So that was great. Um, what was really cool was that um, <clears throat> they made the the boss fight with um, what was his name Merchant's Ooh, character spoiler Wheatley Wheatley thank yep. you. Uh, the, the boss fight with, with Wheatley, similar enough to the original boss fight with Gladys, mm. but different enough that you still had to hunt for the pieces and figure out where they had to go and, and how to get to the pieces and yep. all that. You'd still have to employ some new tricks is what I'm saying. But didn't you love <clears> the <throat> way that they did that? Where oh, the first time you tried it and you went, ah, I've watched the videos of yeah. you. <laughs> you know oh, what I mean? Look, his like... commentary throughout was just brilliant. <laughs> it was just brilliant. But he was so well um, cast. What was cool was that the first when I played Portal One, I got to the boss fight. It took me probably three or four goes. Yep. I, you know, until I figured out, okay, that's what's expected of me. Fine. Okay, mm. go through the process because each time there might be a part that lands in a different part of the room. You need to figure out how to get to that. Yeah. How do I get enough <coughs> momentum I've, to get I up there? I the boss on, in Portal Two in one go. Oh, I really? did it with like yeah. eight seconds to spare. Um, mm. But it still challenged me enough and stressed me enough <laughs> that I, <laughs> I had the sweaty palms going by the end. So. 
Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I really did. And I, I guarantee you, within a year, I will boot those up again and play them again because they're just fun. They are they're great, just fun. yeah. Um, really great games. Very non-threatening games. Hmm. Well, I still reckon you try Talus Principle. I think you'll yeah. enjoy that. There are um, So you've got the normal levels, which you can complete. So you'll get like a series of levels, and they give you tetron- tetronomos, right? And then you can use that to unlock a gate and access the next bit. Yep. And in each area, you can also get um, these things called stars, which are like a in-between levels puzzle. They're a pain in the ass. Yep. They're the ones that I think the Talus Principle let itself down on, because... Even the ones that I got, I sort of felt, ah, oh, okay, that's what I was meant to do. Sorry for that noise. That's my dog who's decided that he wants to sleep in pots now <laughs> because I'm recording a podcast. You know, family's away in Muldura. We're drinking Muldura Asta Ale. <laughs> a lovely pail mm. for flicks and kicks. It is very nice, actually. Mm, it is. I do like a good pale ale. Mm. Um. Very clean, biscuity, uh, with malt characters overlaid with exotic... <laughs> you should write for them. That was totally <laughs> awesome. I know. I, mean, right? you know, I always believed it. Right. Mm. Uh, what else have we done, Race? We did the uh, How to Play for the Witcher Adventure game. So you're the on Witcher. Paul's first <clears throat> first venture. Actually, your first venture into the Witcher universe, right? Yeah, totally first, yeah. Um, i got to say, and... and I think some title of the videos, you can correct me if I'm wrong, is probably somewhere in the vicinity of four to five hours. Well, I know, because remember the phone died because that stupid Android update. So it's probably about three hours. <laughs> yeah, it took about four hours. It, it, it was I think, probably about it? four to five hours of sessions to, to, um, to finish the game. Um, so we took a break there. We, we did a lot of them on, on one day, and then we took a few days break and came back and finished it. I've got to say, those intervening days, I was dead keen to get back and finish the game. <laughs> Um, it had all the right elements for me, um, so I guess we should probably explain what the game is about and, and how it's played. Well, that's not going to inspire them to go and watch the video. <laughs> it isn't. Go and watch the video, and then what I'm about to say will make a lot of sense. Um, so I enjoyed the, uh, the the fact that there was no nonsense in terms of um, randomness in terms of what you choose to do to progress through the game. And by that I mean... You didn't have to roll the dice to move to a spot on the board. You didn't have to roll the dice to successfully achieve a certain thing um, when you when you pick what actions you're going to commit to that turn. Hmm. Um, the randomness came into play when you start to encounter those spaces, but um, that goes without saying because that's what you need to do to finish your quests, your missions, right? So um, it had the right balance of you determining your own fate ahead of time. You go, if I move to that spot... There's a gold-rated monster over there, whereas on that spot, there's only a bronze-rated monster. I've probably got a better chance of beating that because I'm a weak, pussy-ass character. Um, so there was enough of that that you could make sensible decisions and not just... And what I mean is you're not blindly walking into danger and suddenly, shit, I'm fucked. Yeah. Um, there was enough control in that aspect so that when the, the random aspects kicked in, the cards you draw, the dice you roll for combat... It balanced out. Yeah. Um, and I found that really, really enjoyable. Yeah. Once Another stood- thing that you guys didn't notice as much, because you didn't develop your characters. So, mm-hmm. on your turn, you can either move location... Um, investigate. Investigate, which develop. gives you clues, which you can use to solve your either your main quest or your sub-quest. So, everyone gets a quest. Oh, sorry. Back to the start. Everyone gets a quest. 
first person to get three quests ends the game, and then whoever has the most points is the winner. And you get points for quests and sub-quests and all sorts of stuff like that. And they can be achieved in a variety of different ways. Sometimes it's just going to a location, sometimes it's fighting a monster, sometimes it's achieving a certain number of... Um, things of proof so if you've played the video game or the um <clears throat> or read the books um it's very similar in style to that so you're you're adventuring you get a quest and on your route to that quest you can explore various side aspects of that quest i didn't feel that was captured as well in this game it suffers from that um first assassin's creed yep problem where you do the side quests and they have absolutely no impact on the end quest oh, the first assassin's creed was just look it was great to demonstrate the mechanics we're going well off topic already but the mechanics of the game yeah, I, and I, love, I am creed. a huge fan of the ac games i love mm. that style of gameplay just works for me i've, I've never been an fps fan mm. i've played plenty of fps's I ran plenty of Quake Land parties back in the day. Um, no, I've always preferred. <laughs> I've, I think it's because I've always preferred being a sneaky bastard, which is why the Rainbow Six Vegas games appeal to me mm. too. I love being the sniper or, or you know, the, the stealth uh, combat or whatever. Um, but the problem with AC One was it was literally the same thing repeated like fucking nine times yeah. to finish the game. You got to you got to iteration six and you're just you're running you're losing the will to live. Mm. Like, so, come <laughs> on, I've done it six times. It proves I know what I'm doing. So um, yeah, that that's where I see one fell out. Anyway, back to Witcher. You, yeah, I reckon you should try the Witcher games. Mm. You'll love them because the the choices you make have such an impact on the story and the sequels. Yeah, and the versatility and how you resolve a quest. Is just astounding. So, in terms anyway. of questing type games that I've enjoyed previously, like take Fable Two. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, that was one of my favourite questing games of okay. all time. Maybe you won't like The Witcher then, because I hate Fable Two. Oh really? <laughs> and it's interesting. I only recently read an article about about uh, the history of Fable Two and the company that did it, but um, and how it came to be. Um, but I, I just loved it. I love I love that style of gameplay. I love that. You trot off into the into the world and discover and solve and fix and yeah. fight and whatever. Get yourself The Witcher Three if you want no. to see it done. That that's portal level of perfection for that genre of game. Yeah. That's what I think of The Witcher Three. I think I gave it a nine and a half out of ten, <laughs> um, which for our tight because mm. we're not you know we don't really give out ten out of tens. But anyway, um, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah, Witcher. the board game. Board game. So yeah, so the. Um, yeah, you've got all these actions you can perform. One of them is to develop, and on that you draw some development cards for your character, pick one to keep, put one yeah. on the bottom of the deck. And over the course of the game, you can draw and develop and put points into these things to make your character stronger, which in the end was how I won the game, because yeah. I was doing that. But the same balance that you were talking about with... Um, Choice strategic, yeah, yeah, strategic choice versus the randomness. I feel that that same balance was present in the do I develop? How much do I develop? Because yeah. there's no point ending with the strongest character in the game who doesn't have enough points to win the game. Yeah, yeah. and you're absolutely right. And <clears throat> look, and you, you did have the benefit of having played the game before. Yeah. And I guarantee you. The second time we play the game, I will be doing more, way more developing <laughs> than I ever, you know, even conceived of in that first game. Because it, 
you know, when, when we're setting it up, and I'm going, Jesus Christ, this is a complex game. There's a lot of freaking parts here, right? There's no XCOM, though. <laughs> There's no XCOM. But, um, you know, then you, you, you say, well, each character's got their own development deck. I'm yeah. Like, what the hell is that about? Hmm. And then seeing, you know, halfway through the game, looking over all the cards you had in front of you and all the benefits that, that those bestowed, <laughs> I'm going, holy fucking shit, I, sh- I so should have been <laughs> using Spell. Yeah. I so should have been doing that. Well, you were Triss, yeah. so yeah, you were reliant on spells for your exactly. strength. Exactly, so I should have um, been developing. I, my yeah. character's primed for developing. Yeah, um, Paul, Paul was all right. He didn't develop that much, but he's, he's a great Geralt. He's, he's, he's a great combat, yeah. combat character, yeah. So he wasn't too bad, mm. but... Um, but the one, enjoyed it. Yeah, the one thing I don't like about the game, and the thing that always ruins it for me, mm. is that the points don't feel balanced for me. You can go all this way out of your way to get three points for a side quest, but each main quest is worth between 12 and 16 points. Yep. So if you rush to finish your quest in the most efficient way possible, then the odds are the first person to finish three quests is going to be the first person to win the game. Because even yeah. if the other people have done all their side quests and their main two quests, they'll be close to, but they're probably not some, going to be Some main quests in, in the drawers I had were as low as eight points, so there are a couple of lower point ones in there. But you're right, on, on balance, there's probably, they're probably much higher. Yeah. Um, Especially for the red ones that uh, Paul, who was Geralt, was um, drawing, and, yeah. and, well, I got to pick, because I was yarping. <laughs> <laughs> so I got to pick purple or, uh, which were dandelions, and, yeah. It's a good game, though. It like, is a good game, and, and I want to play it a second time with the benefit of having played it the first time. Understanding yeah. the mechanics, understanding the you know how, how developing cards will, will help. So yeah. um, I, I didn't feel like I got to play it to its full advantage. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I guess yeah, I've played another, it, I played it two or three times, <laughs> and I enjoyed playing it with you guys because yeah. I enjoyed playing the game. But it's not... How did I word it to Paul? I was saying it's a good game. But it's not a game I'll ever get off the shelf unless somebody else wants to play it. Yeah. Um, which is usually Kirsty. She really loves that game. Yeah. She, she'll, yeah. <clears throat> not as much as Ticket to Ride, like every time. Ticket to Ride <laughs> is about the only board game we ever play now. Jesus. Um, which suits me. I tell you what, I'm still not sick of that game. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sick of it, but I wouldn't mind a little bit of variety in it. This is why I think I want to buy extra maps for mine. Yeah, I, I think just having a little bit of variety would would actually pay off. Some of the rule variants are quite interesting as well. Mm. So I did the um, on the on the video promo video yeah. uh, on the video I um, I did Europe and the tenth anniversary edition of yeah. the America. I think I might. I know. I know you said you're not a huge fan of it previously, but I, I think I might borrow your Europe set and try. I was going to say yeah, b- borrow it and then buy one of the other ones. Then we can yeah. then we can trade anyway. Just not. Um, Netherlands. I played. I think it was Netherlands. Anyway, whatever one it is, um, I played it at PAX with Michael the Bastard, and I think it was. No, it was Andrew. Yeah. Andrew Pierce, who's been on this podcast before. Uh, Michael the Bastard, formerly known as Michael Elitich. But, <laughs> I know me. I know yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's like two or three choke points on the map. Mm. And he grabbed all three of them, and then there was no way for me to complete any ticket I drew that went from one side to the other. It's like, you know what? The America map has a very There's nice mix. There's plenty of ways around. Yeah. The Europe map is okay. Like, that's good as well. But the, the ticket... One of the things I find weird is, you know the ticket card, right? Yep. So when you draw a ticket card in the America map... Yep. The, the ticket card is the map is of America. Yeah. the same as the board. Hmm. Okay. On Ticket to Ride Europe, the card shows all of Europe... The board shows part of Europe. So you'll have on your map, it'll show a, dot, a line going from the centre of the 
card up to the top left corner. Yep. That's actually the very bottom center of the board up to like the a couple of inches down oh, from so, the top okay. left so corner. The so they don't marry the whole up. map of Europe, but the board is like a slice of Europe in the middle somewhere. Yeah, it just includes some of the ocean and craps that they can put on the the headings down the bottom and stuff. It just it didn't feel that hmm. Yeah. Isn't that unusual? Well, especially for me, because I'm usually looking at the map upside down and yeah. necessarily know the you know locations and that mm. that well anyway. But yeah, yeah, good game. Yeah, it is. So we're at the end. What did you think for flicks and kicks? For flicks and kicks, um, I'm I'm going to give. I this, need to make one for podcast. I, I'm going to start the, the the double D's five star rating scale. The five the five Steins rating scale of <laughs> uh, of beers. I'm going to give this uh, a solid three and a half Steins. I like it. It's it's a nice um. It's a nice light pale ale. I don't think I could drink a whole six in a session and still enjoy it, though. I wasn't offering you six. I was offering you three. I wasn't suggesting I would. But that's a good thing <laughs> because I couldn't drink a whole six and still enjoy it. The flavour would be too much by the other end of that. Yeah, I'm probably the same. But I think that's a personal taste thing. It's not a fault of the beer. No, not at all. It's um, a beautiful beer. But yeah, it's not as light as some of the other pale ales I've had. It's got a very. I don't know enough about drinking beer to... Uh, properly describe this but it's got a very strong flavor hmm. um like when i first had a sip i was like wow and then you know but that is that that i mean that's what a good pale ale should give you mm. i can't tell it's pale because it's a dark brown bottle let me just pour some in your hand designed to uh fit into brown paper bags <laughs> <laughs> i have to go i have to go record a podcast sitting in the gutter out the front of the Aster Theater <laughs> throwing empties at them <laughs> Alrighty, well that's all we have time for this week. Thank you everyone for listening. We will speak to you again next week. See ya. Bye. Begin pre-recorded outro in three, two, one. Fireside is part of the Podbros Network and not recorded in front of a live studio audience. If you'd like to hear more, please subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. Alternatively, you can subscribe to the RSS feed direct using a link on our website. If you'd like to offer feedback or suggestions, please email me at podcast at anotherdungeon.com. I do read all the feedback and it's very much appreciated. If you'd like to see more of what we do, be sure to check out our website at www.anotherdungeon.com or follow us on Twitter and Facebook. We also have a YouTube channel. However, you'll just have to search for Another Dungeon there as YouTube won't let us use our username because it's dumb. Thanks again for listening. I'm equal parts impressed and flattered that you made it this far.